Today's episode of Quality Control is brought to you by Gamefly. If you know anything about the games industry, you know that every year we sort of head into this slow patch right before E3 in June. Now, it's a great time of the year to catch up on your backlog of games. But what if you don't have money to go out there and buy six, eight, seven games right now full price? May I recommend to you Gamefly. They are the leading video game rental service with over 9,000 titles to choose from. They're going to let you try those games and movies now before you decide to buy them. And you get to keep the games as long as you want, and you'll never have to worry about late fees. You can also cancel at any time. Now go to Gamefly.com slash quality, and you'll get to start your free premium 30-day trial today. That premium trial is going to allow you to check out two games and or movies at one time. You can only get this offer by visiting Gamefly.com slash quality. Now go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days. My guest today is senior editor Phil Culler. My name is Charlie Hall, in for Justin McElroy. You're listening to Polygons quality control. How are you doing, Phil? I'm doing all right, Charlie. How are you? Are you are you sure that you're all right? Are you sure uh, you're okay? You know, I'm a little shook. I've been having some nightmares, um, but I'm I'm pushing through it. You know, I'm I'm doing the best I can. Phil, we're here to talk today about Outlast Two, which is oh, the sequel. God. Here come the nightmares again. <laughs> it's the sequel, oddly enough, to Outlast. Uh, just just Outlast. It wasn't Outlast yeah. One when they first came out about it because there wasn't an Outlast Two at the time, so it didn't make any sense. But I I want to let you know how averse I am personally to horror. <laughs> things like okay. i don't i don't so much the horror movie uh like the the scary video games i did a demo at e3 of the original outlast and i was like mm, that was fun thank you i don't ever want to touch that again and here you went and played a game and i quote from your review yeah in which you provide our readers your single most qualified recommendation that you've ever given in your history mm-hmm. of writing reviews yeah what is up with this game, Phil? What is going on in Outlast 2? Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. It is, uh, it's, it's a scary game. Um, you know, I played the original Outlast. You, you said you played a demo of the original at some point. Um, and then I tried again to play it again, and it just was not going to happen for me. Yeah, see, but you see, you know the 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 overall uh, feeling of Outlast. Um, the way that this series works, the sort of thing that developer Red Barrel's games, they've carved out for themselves in the horror space. Um, you're specifically playing as a character with a camera who's put in like this horrifying situation. It's not like a Resident Evil scenario where eventually you're going to get guns and you're going to fight back against the enemies. You are always completely... Uh, you have no power, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You're completely powerless against the forces that oppose you. Uh, So your only solution is to run from enemies or to hide from them or to do some combination of the two. And it turns out that uh, being forced to run from scary enemies makes for a pretty creepy experience, Um, especially as they drag it out and, you know, make it make it even scarier and more difficult over the course of 
you know, the 10 to 12 hours or so that Outlast 2 lasts. The setting for this game is also completely different than the original. How does it open? Uh, so the game opens with uh, you're, you're, you're playing as the main character, uh, who is a cameraman named Blake. Um, you are on a helicopter ride with your wife, Lynn. Um, it turns out that your wife is a journalist, and you are the cameraman who kind of uh, takes the footage of her uh, being on camera for her documentaries or news reports or whatever it might be. Um, but specifically, you two are on a helicopter going into the deserts of Arizona. Um, there has been a, a murder. There was a, a a woman who came out of the deserts, was pregnant, and then was murdered. Um, and nobody knows who she is. Nobody knows where she came from. And you're kind of going in to investigate. Um, and then uh, as you're flying in, the helicopter suddenly crashes. And that's not good. Um, so you get separated from your wife, um, and you have to, uh, to sort of explore this weird place in the deserts of Arizona that you didn't know existed. It's, <clears throat> I, I want to linger for just a moment, but not too long, on the nature of this cult. This cult is, as you see in your review, fixated on sexuality and sex and also pregnancy. There, yeah. there was this story that I wrote up. Um, from, I'm scrolling through it here, uh, looks like March, early March. And it was the fact that the Australian ratings board actually denied the game a rating, effectively banning it in the country initially. of Australia. Uh, initially. Initially, yeah. initially. Because, Red Barrels says, they sent the wrong video clip in, and there was this <laughs> scene with implied sexual violence, and Australia's like, nuh-uh. Yeah. Somehow, they managed to back that out, and Australia let the game through, but still, there are these very aggressive and suggestive tones all throughout the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I will go out of my way to not spoil anything here, but what I will say is, you know, you're you're in this strange region of the world. You discover this um this cult that has been, for lack of a better word, cult that has been uh kind of sequestered away from the rest of the world, and they uh they're clearly a spin on Christianity. You know, they, hmm. they use very Christian symbols like the cross, uh, the crucifix. They talk about God and, and Jesus a lot. Um, but uh, obviously it's been heavily warped in some pretty weird ways. And one of those ways is that they are just super, super obsessed with sex um, and with uh, how how having sex makes you unclean, how a woman being pregnant means that she's been, you know, used and... Uh, and how childbirth is bad because you could be bringing the Antichrist into the world. Um, all sorts of weird stuff like this. Uh, there isn't... So So I've had a lot of people ask very directly, you know, what the Australian rating board thing was referring to. Um, there isn't any direct sexual violence in this game. Hmm. Um, there is nothing that you see directly. There are definitely a lot of things that are heavily implied. Um, and that is definitely a theme that the game is playing with, which, you know, adds to the the discomfort of the game overall. And uh, to me, really helped, uh, you know, push home how, how horrifying the whole situation is. Um, but I could definitely see some people being affected even more negatively than I was. Phil, obviously I want to talk about the score that we elected to give Outlast 2 here at Polygon. I also want to talk about how the game impacted you personally. But first, a quick message from our new sponsors at The Art of Shaving. 
Now, I recently made the transition from my old shaving products over to the art of shaving. And one of the things that really got me on board with them was their pre-shave oil. I use the the sandalwood pre-shave oil. I put that on my face before I use their shaving cream. It's really helped to moisturize my skin and I've I've really been enjoying the experience. And I wanna share that experience with you, our listeners. You guys are gonna receive 15% off that first order and you're also gonna get free shipping by using the promo code QUALITY at theartofshaving.com. Now, these are the same products that you can get in the Art of Shaving retail stores all over the country. So go on over to theartofshaving.com, use our special promo code QUALITY, get 15% off your very first order and free shipping. Or if you'd like, you can stop into one of those retail stores and you can get a consultation from one of their grooming experts. Again, it's theartofshaving.com and that promo code is QUALITY. You also wrote in your review that the the main gameplay mechanic, this hide-and-seek nature of the gameplay mechanic, it formed the core gameplay loop in the game, but it served as the source of much of its tension, but they also do the game its fewest favors. That was the most confusing sentence in your entire review. The thing that you do the most does the least to make the game fun. What? Yeah, I mean, uh, so so like I said, the core gameplay loop is you go into an area. Um, you're there's probably going to be some enemies patrolling around, and you have to figure out how do I get through this area without um, without attracting them, or if I do attract them, you know, how do I lose them? Can I run really fast and get away? Can I run to this cornfield and kind of hide in there? Um, you know, th- there's there's can I can I go into this locker that's been well pl- well placed so that I can hide? Um, that that is the the thing that you are doing over and over again the the problem for me um compared to the first outlast which also also employed this kind of uh gameplay loop but was a little bit more forgiving um in this you're you're almost certainly going to die the first time you enter a lot of these areas and the way that you eventually overcome it is just by kind of trial and error and uh memorization it's just kind of learning like okay what path does this person go on what what is the point at which i can like sneak around them um which you know some people really love stealth games uh and and that's a a thing that's common in stealth games the problem that i had with it in outlast 2 in particular is that it just it it really cuts out a lot of the tension which is what the game is so good at right um, you're supposed to be scared. You're supposed to be on edge. And when it's your third time trying to get through this area because you you just need to keep doing it over and over again until you, you know, break down the precise AI movements, that doesn't feel like a horror game, right? It doesn't mm. it, it doesn't maintain that tension. It's just kind of frustrating. That's weird. More like <clears throat> more like playing a role almost and like trying to be in the right position for the movie to kind of move it, forward. Almost. Yeah. It's like, it's like solving. Uh, I think what I said is it's, it's sort of like solving the puzzle. It feels like solving the puzzle that the game designer has put together. Right. Um, but that that's not, you know, atmospheric. That doesn't feel like you're within that world of outlast two anymore. 
And you are spending a lot of time being stealthy in the game with the with the fail state being these horrifying, gruesome deaths. I think that you link to uh, a, a gameplay video in the review. Of course, we'll link to the review in our show notes. But I also wanted to talk to you about how the game does its storytelling. The more mundane creepiness of its Catholic school flashbacks push it from good to great. Tell me yeah. more about this. Yeah, so uh, one of the things that you discover as you're progressing through the game is that, uh, you know, Blake, the main character, has a history with Christianity. And that history is specifically that he attended Catholic school and that something, you don't really know what, um, I mean, you you discover what as the game goes on. I won't spoil it here, of course, but some something horrible happened while he was at Catholic school. And he has a lot of hang-ups about whatever it was, and a lot of hang-ups about his Catholicism in general. Um, the way that this is, uh, you know, sort of explained to you in the game is that occasionally, as you're as you're walking around, Blake just suddenly slips into a flashback to Catholic school, um, and suddenly, you know, you'll be, let's say, you're in a barn, and you're you're you know, kind of sliding through this like short this really skinny passageway in the barn, pushing your way through. And then suddenly you come out the other side and you're in a Catholic school hallway. Um, it's presented in this very, it's completely seamless and just happens. There's no loading or anything. And it's its kind of incredible. I really loved the the way that it switches. Um, and it really, you know, kind of highlights how unstable Blake's mind is at this point. Um, but but yeah, these these spots are, are really, really, they, they worked really well for me for a, a couple of reasons. One, uh, I was raised Catholic myself and have all sorts of hang-ups. So I totally, you know, <laughs> it, it spoke to me on a very personal level. Um, but then on top of that, I think these, I mean, the graphics in the game are good in general, but the these segments are almost photorealistic. Like just the the way that it looks as you're walking down this like, you know, sort of garishly lit, Catholic school hallway and these like bright blue lockers on either side of you. And there's like clocks hanging and there's doors to either side. And it just, it looks absolutely, re it looks absolutely like the Catholic school that I remember walking through every day for seven years, you know? Wow. You know, we, we talk <clears throat> a lot these days about games being respectful to their audience and respectful with regards to diversity and with inclusion but also with, you know, the treatment of mental health. So is is this game respectful of people with, you know, like any kind of stress disorders or, or PTSD? Or is it is it using those types of disorders to to kind of cheaply motivate its game mechanics? Um, I I would say uh, that mental illness is much less of a a thing in this game than it was in the first Outlast. I mean, the first Outlast takes place in an abandoned mental asylum and very much goes with that. You know, there's this kind of like really pretty, pretty, uh, pretty bad, but uh, commonly used trope in horror movies of abandoned mental asylums and sort of like the, the using, using mental illness to be creepy, essentially. Um, the first game does that a lot. The second game very much, I, I would say, is not in that same route. Um, I do think, you know, going back to what I said about implied sexual violence, 
Um, I do think some people could read that as like, oh, the game is using uh, the implication of sexual violence to to get a rise out of people that maybe it doesn't earn. Um, but I, I guess I would argue that you know it is very that that idea of implied sexual violence and and just um, trying to deal with sexuality in general is very tied up in the themes of religion and um, everything that the game is dealing with on that level. Um, so it, it worked okay for me. Um, but I also do mention in the review, and, and this is kind of one of the things I think is most interesting about Outlast 2, it's a game where I feel like everybody's going to have a very different reaction to it depending on your own past. Like, because I was raised Catholic and because I have these really personal ties to a lot of the themes that this game is exploring, it hit really hard and worked really well for me in a lot of cases. Um, and also because I like horror movies and I like games and, and media that makes me feel uncomfortable. Some people don't like those things. You know, if you weren't raised Catholic or if you were raised Christian, but, but you're still a devout believer, like I'm not practicing now. Um, you know, I, I, I think you could have a very different experience and you could feel very different about, uh, how this game handles its themes than I did. That really is. That's so very interesting. Based on uh, your review, your write-up of the game, our editors here gave it a 7.5. Um, and I, I don't know, you've, you've kind of, you've, you've almost pushed me to the edge of, of wanting to, to give it a try. Being I just someone... want to be, I want to be clear, Charlie, <laughs> that this game straight up gave me anxiety attacks. Oh, no. So I, it's like, oh, no. this is the, the, almost one of the worst case scenarios of reviewing a game where I'm literally playing it. I cannot play for longer than like maybe an hour at a stretch because I get too freaked out and like just anxious. It wasn't even like scared for me. Cause like I said, I love horror movies. I love horror media. Um, but it was just like, yeah, the way this is dealing with all these things that are already jumbled up inside my head. I, I just, it really, really, really freaked me out. <laughs> Well, I, did you did you work through any stuff during the game? This is, <laughs> this is the weirdest. This is the no, weirdest. No, no, no. I mean, it's question. Uh, like, are you no, in a better I, place now, Phil? <laughs> never. But uh, no, I mean, I kind of. That's again. This is something that I respected about the game. It's something I I, I appreciate about it. One of the reasons I'm so glad this game exists. Uh, is that it, it did force me to think about and confront some of these things uh, about my past that I just haven't thought about in a long time. Um, whether or not, you know, whether or not that was to any uh, positive end is another question that I'm sure I'll be thinking about for a while yet. Um, but, but the fact that it forced me to think about those things, uh, that it really brought those to the front of my mind... It's it's powerful and it's something that um, not a lot of other games do, and it's incredible to me to see a game that can do that. I think that's uh, again, it's just really powerful. It shows the promise of games, and even though I think Outlast Two is very flawed in a lot of ways, um, it it really stuck with me, and I, I think it's a game that I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not chomping at the bit to replay this at any point, but it is a game that I think I'm going to be thinking about for a long, long time to come. Well, thank you for taking the time today, Phil. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you, Charlie. And thanks to you at home for listening today. We've got a lot more on Polygon.com, including news that the season pass for the next Fire Emblem game actually costs more than the game itself. And we've also got some thoughts on the bizarre compilation video that concluded the broadcast of this year's Dota 2 Kiev Major. 
until we've got another game to talk about. This is Charlie Hall for Phil Caller. Thank you for listening to Polygons. Quality control. Thank you.